Welcome, welcome everybody to the Soccer Branches podcast. This is the Straight Fit In. I'm your host, Naldo, and I'm with my co-host, Bernie. Tell us about the Straight Fit In. Okay, so the Straight Fit In, officially named West Stand, is a stand on the west side of Old Trafford, the stadium of Manchester United. It took its name from the nearby town of Stratford, as it's in the direction of Stratford, looking at from the centre of the pitch. This is the stand famous for fans singing many famous United chants such as Glory, Glory, Man United. The dream of every United fan to be at that point of the stadium. Absolutely. I'd love to be there one day myself. But apparently you've been there, Bernie. Maybe not to the street, but in, but to the Theatre of Dreams. So maybe tell us a bit about that experience. Ah, yes, definitely a bucket list for every United fan, I must say. I went in the 26th of December 2019. It was a Boxing Day match and you know with the Premier League those are always big matches to go for. It was Man United versus Newcastle United. We won 4-1. What an amazing experience. The fans are absolutely incredible. Man United really does have the most amazing fans in the world. The people were so amazing. The stadium is absolutely beautiful. It, it really is the theater of dreams personified. And um, I really pray that every United fan gets to go and experience just the atmosphere. And especially, I mean, winning a 4-1. And what was so exciting about going to, to the game, is I remember, yeah. I think in the first 10 minutes or something like that, Newcastle mm-hmm. United scored first. And oh, so my word. That's... Like the stadium just being completely quiet, but except for the Stepford <laughs> End, the Stepford End never dies. Like it is, they are singing from the time those players are on the pitch training till the time they go out. Like it's absolutely incredible. But when Newcastle United scored, it was like, it was just, I don't know, there was just a shift in the atmosphere. But as it happened, you know, the Stephen in energy sort of flows throughout the stadium and we just both both up and both up and then of course there was Greenwood and Martial and Rashford that scored a day after and it was just it was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Best what day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. So guys, as you know, we've just been talking a little bit about the Stratford in. This is a Manchester United fans focused podcast where we will be discussing everything about Manchester United, being the transfers, the news, things that are happening in and around the club. And of course, we can't forget the legends as well, because they are also quite active in the media. So this is a strictly Manchester United fan podcast, and we encourage you to like, to share, 
so that everybody can hear the things that we have to say and also give us your feedback, give us your comments so that we're able to take that on board and do join the Soccer Prachi's Facebook group. As it stands, we're almost at 5,000 members, so that's quite a lot for South Africa. But we do encourage you to join. We are open for joining all over the world. So just to get into a few things, speaking of Soccer Prachi's, you know, for myself, I think I've been with Soccer Prachi's now for something just over a year. I know some of the founding members being uh, Liam, Jeremy, Julian, and it has just been an amazing experience. It's something that they've really grown over the years. And we had live streams, which we still do every now and then. Well, this year, we're going to be calling it Civil Discourse, which is going to involve all of the clubs. So look out for that one. Everybody has been part of this growing, but it's been nice to see other people pitching in as well to help the growth of Soccer Prachis. And we're really proud of where it is. And we are looking forward to where it's going. So, B, tell me, how did you get involved with Soccer Prachis and when did it cross your path? I'd also say it's been about a year now, um, Naldo. Um, I was on Facebook and, of course, being a Man United fan and being such a, a big football fan, I would always share these posts about either the Premier League or Champions League or whatever game is on. And there was a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook that um, obviously I think he's an Arsenal fan. He obviously used to see me always sharing these posts and so on. And so he added me to the Soccer Prices group. And by then I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I absolutely adore football. So I was very vocal from the time I joined the group. I was very active in the group and put my opinion out there. And from there, it's, it's just been such an incredible journey learning from everybody. I mean, I, I speak, you know, I speak to these guys, the founding members and everybody else almost on a daily basis. And I just love that we have one thing in common and that's the love of football. But outside of that as well, I've just learned so much more about the game. You know, I've just um, learned so much more about uh, player positions and um, just the little debates we have, transfers, players in and out. It's just been an incredible journey over the last year. So it's, it's, it's really been awesome and I can't wait to see this, this journey go on. With regards to transfers, it was disappointing to see that Manchester United didn't sign anyone. But it's also understandable, Be I don't know if you agree with me, because <laughs> the manager's only going to be there for the first six months. And I mean... The end of the season is coming up very quickly. So I didn't expect the club to outlay a large amount of money. As much as you feel that we needed a CDM, and we still do need a CDM, but with the uncertainty around the club, I don't know if I can particularly see a player wanting to join the club based on that scenario and not knowing who the manager is that's coming in and if that manager would be able to help that player's development. I think I, I'm on the fence when it comes to this one, Arnaldo, uh, for two reasons. Yes, yes, I, I'm aligned with the idea that we don't know what's Ragni's future at the club. But when when he did come to United, it was said that he's going to be there for two years and he's going to be helping with bringing in players. So regardless of whether he's going to be our permanent manager or not, he's going to have some sort of an influence in terms of He's in, which players are going to come to United, right? That's the idea that they have given the, the fans or given, given us, right? They haven't given us much in terms of what his role is going to be post 
the six months or whatever. I think before we, we even brought in Sancho, before Ronaldo came in, before before all of this, a CDM has always been something that United has been lacking. We need a central defensive midfielder. That is, is, is known. So in, in the press conference before the, the window opened, Radnik was clear. I mean, he was as clear as day saying that he needs a midfielder. Yes, he, he'll work with what he's got, but he was very clear. And, and it's, it's, it's frustrating as a, as a fan when you hear after the, the, the window closes from, you know, reports from Fabrizio and all these journalists saying that there were three offers to United almost two or three weeks. I mean, this is way before the whole Greenwood incident happened. You know, of players that were willing to come to United. And these are not really expensive players. I mean, we had Kamara, I think, that was offered to United for, I think it was around about $7 million. I mean, I stand corrected with the price. But, mm-hmm. so, I feel like, for us, Jen, I can't believe we are in a position where we are fighting for top four. We are in a position where top four means Ronaldo staying. Top four means certain players staying at the club. And, all, and we are looking at our past games and we're seeing that the reason why United is fighting is because our midfield is so bad and we don't support, just doesn't support Ragnick in these decisions. So as I say, I'm, I'm on the fence with why we didn't buy a CDM. Look, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But also the thing is, when I looked at just the performances of McTominay and Fred, it seems to me like Fred has started to put in better performances under Rangnick, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. But if he had like an Angola Kante model, I know they mm-hmm. also linked us with Declan Rice for 100 million. I've never paid that much for Rice, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> also, also to have, you know, these guys like Kamara. But for me personally, I really wanted Ruben Neves. That has been the key mm-hmm. signing for me because I think that He's got a great range of passing. He's very defensively minded. He's in that Rodri mold. And him being alongside Fred would actually free Fred up more to go in and do the tackles and stuff like that. Because Ruben Neves is more of the kind of person that can read the game very well and dictate play. And that's what's always been interesting about his position at Wolves. Now, with United in such desperate need, he would fit in like a glove. But anyways... Let's move on to the players that have left the club, seeing as we didn't sign anyone. One of the first players that really sparked my interest that left the club was Donny van der Beek. You know, for that kind of a player, we got him from Ajax at a good price, and he really didn't get much game time under Oli Mm -hmm. and also now under Rangnick. There are some reports that are saying that the coaches feel that he's lazy and he's sulking all the time. But you can understand the mentality of a player when you're in that situation and your career is passing you by and you're not getting the game time that you need, it is going to make you miserable. So, you know, when Frank Lampard came in to the Everton job and as Super Frank always does, made his signings, it is really encouraging to see uh, Frank have the belief in Donny to feel that he's able to add something to his new Everton. I think, firstly, as, as a United fan and as a football fan, I think, I'm very happy to see Donny leave just so that we can actually see him play football because obviously 
him coming to the Premier League. And I think, you know, we have this debate almost on a daily with, you know, soccer players saying how the Premier League is just one of the toughest leagues in the world and adapting yeah. to the Premier League is, is, is difficult, you know. And maybe this was the case with, with Donny, you know, when he came in and, and Ole wasn't giving him game time, it's as if, you know, the fans kept putting pressure on Ole, like, why is he not giving Donny game time? And we were all just not understanding what was, what was the issue with him. But then Ragni comes along and even in his press conferences says, you know, yes, he puts in the work in training and not to bring up Fred again or not to bring up Fred but if there's one <laughs> consistent thing that and I'm not a Fred fan and, and I think you know that but if there's one yeah. consistent thing I picked up with Ole and with Ragnik is that they say in training Fred works you know and so I think this is why week in and week out you will see Fred in their starting lineup because whatever he is doing in, in training they is meriting him getting that starting position. Johnny van der Beek is, was obviously not doing that in training because you can't get two coaches consistently not starting a player, you know. So I think with him moving to, to Everton, and look, um, not, even, not even forgetting the fact that Crystal Palace wanted him. I think at first I really wanted him to go to, to Crystal Palace mm. because I think in playing more of a, a number eight role under Vieira. Um, and then when he was going to Everton, especially with Frank Lampard coming, you know, I know Frank Lampard, his system is, I don't know, 4-1-4-1 sort of a system. I, I was a bit nervous with, with him signing Delhi and ha- having Van der Beek there because I'm just like, how is this going to work, you know, together? But, you know, as long as... Johnny gets to play football because we all know I think he really wants to play in the 2022 World Cup and that is his goal. So I, I just hope that we get to see him actually playing and I think he'll be okay under Frank Lampard. I'm not a really big fan of, of Frank Lampard. You know, the thing is, Louis van Gaal, who's currently coaching the Netherlands, said very, mm-hmm. very clearly to Johnny van der Beek, the only way he's going to get into that national squad is if he is actually getting game time. So the pressure taps were already open for Johnny. And that's probably one of the reasons that motivated him to go on loan. Because if you look in the seasons gone by, there were opportunities for him to go on loan, but he always felt that now he's going to stay and fight for his place. Now, Mm. if you look at it, it's completely different. He is under pressure and it's good that he's gone on loan to Everton. Yes, it's not a top four team. Yes, he might not get Champions League, but I don't even think at this point in his career, he's even thinking of that. He's now more focused on getting into that Netherlands squad for the World Cup. Whether the World Cup comes too soon for him, I'm not sure, because he might not necessarily yeah. get enough game time under Frank Lampard if he doesn't put in the performances. So it's really going to be left to see how this actually unfolds, because Frank has never managed him before. And like you okay. were alluding to earlier, B, that under Oli, he didn't get game time. Under Rangnick, he didn't, he's not getting game time, and he didn't get game time. Now, under Frank, it doesn't necessarily mean because he signs for Everton that he is going to get the game time that he's looking for. So this is going to be an interesting one to watch. And then also from the, the side of Martial, I mean, this is a player that we signed in 2016. He, I mean, he came from a great Monaco team and 
I don't know. For me, he just never really hit the ground running. I don't know how many times he cuts his hair, horn restyle, <laughs> but nothing ever seemed to work for him. But Martial, towards the end, it was a bit of a a hard sore one for me, and I I think especially because of what's just happening at the club, you know, presently, and yeah. I think if we look at the last game, Premier League game against West Ham, mm-hmm. where he comes on. and there was just a whole difference you know we 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 you know there's a score the, the, i mean we get a goal with rashford and so on but i mean there was an impact that was made yes that's not the and martial we know consistently but when we in the mess that we currently in and the squad is just not at the level that we know united to be it was sort of a heartbreaking one for me to see him leave but at the same time I feel like I'm not sure if he's also thinking about the World Cup because yeah to get into a French squad is, is really something you're going to have to fight for but sure. he's he's young he needs to to be playing football consistently he needs to be at a start you know in a starting 11 and yeah. he needs to be given given game time I think I think what what was said in in the last couple of years especially under Ole and with Lingard and 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 um Martial and Donny van der Beek is just the the empty promises that they were keep giving these players you know that you're going to get your game time you're going to get your game time and i think they all just came to a point where it's just like you know what this is my career you know yes i'm playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world but before you know it they will be 32 33 years old and they are oh, they pass their peak you know so mm-hmm. i think it it was the right time for him to leave yes it's on loan but as you say it's it's martial wasn't like a player that was a key player at united where he he just came in and changed the game completely all the time no he wasn't that player so i think for his career as a, i mean as a football fan not as a united fan as a football fan i think it was brilliant for him to leave now it's just currently i just don't think it was the right time as a united fan because we don't have depth anymore our if you look i mean if you look at the middlesbrough game now that we just recently played mm. look at the the bench it's absolutely shocking that that's what our bench is like now you know i as much as uh, martial is not an amazing player but if you have players like martial coming off the bench there's some sort of comfort martial lingard whatever there's some sort of comfort that you know what maybe there'll be some sort of a difference coming in you know but now mm. there's just this okay you know you got to hold your breath until that 90 minutes is over it's, it is a funny feeling about it but i mean also to look at martial he's now started his first game with sevilla he got subbed off after the 77th minute so there's no question about his fitness because he was on for 77 minutes He didn't uh, score any goals. He didn't make any assists, and his starting position, because he did actually start for Sevilla, was as a left winger. So now okay. we can kind of see what the manager is thinking about in terms of playing him. But as things go, there's competition for places. I'm sure that the left winger that was there before was not too happy that Martial got a start after signing. So there is going to be quite a bit of drama there, and Martial has to prove himself. In terms of the Middlesbrough game, I saw that you alluded to it earlier on. For the fact that we are out of the FA Cup, 
that in itself, I think, is a pain point because we should be beating teams like Middlesbrough. They're not even in the Premier League anymore. But it just goes to show the turmoil in the club and everything that's going on. And not forgetting the banter and the afters for <laughs> us not being able to a penalty shootout, which is a 50-50. But I think the point that most uh, rival fans were making was that United should have not let it get that far. And the fact that Ronaldo missed a penalty and then the next day it was his birthday or something like that made things even worse, I would say. So I think firstly, if if I can just touch on the fact that we are now out of the one cup. I don't want to say the one cup. I, I thought we had a chance of winning because I'm going to be very frank and maybe other United fans listening to this might dislike me. But I, I don't think we stand a chance of winning any any trophy with the current squad that we have. But with the FA Cup, I sort of felt like that we could have gotten much further into the, the competition. Yeah. And so it was completely disappointing, firstly. Yeah, as a competition we get kicked out of. This is Manchester United, and we are fighting to be in FA Cup and we are fighting to be in fourth place. It's extremely frustrating. We are losing to Middlesbrough with our best starting, current best starting 11. Of course, rival fans are going to be on our back. And yes, when you're looking at stats, you know, and you're looking at how the game wins, we shouldn't have lost that game. It's mind-boggling that you lose a game like that. And, you know, yes, you can be blaming the keeper and you can be blaming, you know, Ronaldo for missing a penalty and all these things. But you you just, we cannot be Manchester United and be being kicked out of the FA Cup and being fighting to be in fourth place and, and so on. It's, it's shambles at the moment. Absolutely shambles. But, you know, to look on the bright side, I'm really hoping that the manager coming in can make an impact in the club and Rangnick can do his part of things and make sure that we get some really good signings that fit well into the club and that we can turn a new chapter because ultimately that's what we're looking forward to. It was it was fun having Oli at the wheel until the wheels fell off. <laughs> and now we've got Rangnick, which is great because he's a great football mind, but he might be past his best in terms of managing and his own development as a manager hadn't reached the heights that he needed to reach to manage a club at the level of Manchester United and now it's starting to show. But I just feel like at a certain point you've got to start looking at the actual players. These are professional players, number one. They are getting paid uh, hell, a lot of money, number two, mm-hmm. right? There, there comes a point where you got to realise that these players need to stop throwing their toys out the cot. Every manager that has come in since Alex Ferguson, they have, it's the players that start performing in the dressing room, something happens and they get the managers out of the club. Now, okay, so it's either the players or the board, you know, that, that, that's just not aligned to the ultimate goal. Yeah, right? What is yeah. coming in? Since he's come in, in terms of the actual football that we are playing now, though, I actually don't think the actual football is that bad. It's the players. The players are mm-hmm. just 
ill-disciplined, they do not listen, they, it, it, the, the substitutions that are being made is okay. They are not there, given, given the situation that he doesn't have much players to choose from, right? What I yeah. do see happening, you know, there was, you know, these rumors that were going on that there's a possibility that Ragnik might go on, stay on for permanent or whatever, but I do not see that ever happening with this board because I think Ragnik is one of the most honest managers we've had since perhaps Jose. I don't even know if Jose was, was honest, but what the hell, if you look at, I'm, no, I'm going to bring up three incidents under Ragnik and, and you just look at his trends and, and maybe if you just go, go forward and you listen, listen to his, his press conferences, you'll actually see what I mean. If you look at the, the midfield midfielder issue when we were before the window opened and he when the journalist approached him about the situation he said i need a midfielder our our midfield is lacking and he said i need a midfielder did, did the board support him no then it was the the martial issue why martial didn't play he the journalist approached him after the game and he was honest about it this was the issue martial had to come out and defend himself and there was this whole big breakdown in communication and then then okay. this whole thing with Lingard happened. Lingard wanted to leave the club. He was happy. Ragnik said, I give you my blessing. Leave Manchester United. If you don't want to play for one of the best clubs in the world, leave Manchester United. Ragnik being the manager, who, the one that's going to be sitting and saying, this is who's going to start. This is going to be my starting 11. This is going to be on my bench. He said, it's okay. You can go. But the board got involved. So, so yeah. for as long as the board is not on par with whoever comes in, we're going to have this issue. We're going to have breakdown in communication with the players. The players are going to have this player power that they've got. They've got this attitude of, we can get a manager out because they've done it since Sir Alex Ferguson. They've done yeah. it countless, countless times. So, whether... Zidane comes in, whether Poch comes in, whether Ten Hag comes in, whether whoever comes in, the players need to realize that they are playing for the badge. And the moment they get that into the, their heads, maybe things will change. But right now, there's so much disconnection between the badge and the board and the coach. It's just, there's just too much happening at the moment. So, yes, you know, they, there's light. They, they could be light at the end of the tunnel with. A potential rise coming in, which I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his. I mean, he's a good player. He's a very good player before you murder me. I don't know what, I just, that price tag for me throws me off. But anyway, I'm saying they, they could be light at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel in the summer when we get, you know, players come in and so on. But at the end of the day, we just have to see who they're going to make our coach and whether players are actually going to want to play for whoever they bring in. So, so B, just to add some context to the whole Jesse Lingard saga, because this is the kind of stuff that I like. I like the transfers and the nitty-gritty of the business in transfers. Mm-hmm. So with Jesse Lingard going to, well, I think it was Newcastle, wasn't it Newcastle? Yeah. So with the Newcastle deal in particular, uh, John Murto, the head of the transfers within Manchester United, so he's now obviously part of the board in some way, or maybe he reports directly too. What happened with that was the deal was almost there, and the only reason why the deal fell through was because Manchester United wanted a certain amount of money. I don't know if it was six million or ten million or twelve million 
from Newcastle as a close if Newcastle do not get relegated. And that's the reason why that deal fell through. Because Newcastle were not willing to meet that because they knew that they're not going to get relegated. So they didn't want to pay extra for the player based on a stupid clause like that. And mm-hmm. and that was the reason. That's why it fell through. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm actually in disbelief at this point because there's a player that is does not has openly said he does not want to play for United. His brother has come out on Twitter. Lingard's brother has come out on Twitter saying that mm. Lingard is being held against his will to play for United. If you do not want to play for the Bears, you do not want to be there. Why are they forcing him to be there? And it's, what is so heartbreaking about the whole situation is this is an, an academy player, you know? You don't want to ever see an academy player leave the club in such a fussy way, you know? And this is the same thing with Pogba, you know? Now with this whole, you know, Man United's reputation just being so tainted with, with the whole Greenwood situation, they're trying so hard to get Pogba to sign because mm. they need to ensure that Man United brand is not um, damaged but at the end of this at the end of the day these players are so unhappy because of whatever's happening within the club you do you really want the player to stay because of the brand or so on or do you want the player that's going to be at the end of the day when they're on the field they're playing for the for the badge you know and I think that's what I love about Bruno you know Bruno Fernandez. You know, yeah. I, I'm sure you've been seeing this this quote that's been flying around, and rival fans have been laughing at us about it. About Bruno saying that, for as long as we're in the Champions League, you know, he believes that we we're gonna win it. You know, and that that's the sort of mentality you want every single United player to have, regardless of of what's going on. You want them to go out there and have that sort of mentality. I don't care if if in behind closed doors, you're not truly feeling that way. But when you're in the public, you want to go out there and say, we have the ability to win the Champions League, even though we are against your Liverpools, who is just on another level at the moment, your cities, who is just on another level at the moment. But you got you want to hear your senior players say, I am going to go out there and we're going to win it. You know, that's what yeah. you want. You don't want your brother on Twitter going out there and saying, Lingard is being held against his will, you know, then leave the club, you know, and United board shouldn't keep him there because he doesn't want to play for the club. So, yeah, no, I, I think the only thing is it's just like it's football business. The club needs to see that the deal has to benefit them because they've been paying this player's wages all this time. And even if he did join Newcastle, he'd be cup tied, he wouldn't be able to play against us in the Prem or any other fixture in any other cup but I, I think it's just unfortunate with Lingard and now he's going to be miserable for the rest of the season and he's hardly going to get any game time because he's made his feelings clear to Rangnick so we're looking at having one less player so that means that we're down two wingers and we haven't signed anybody and I think we only have Rashford because now Greenwood is out with his drama and I don't think he's going to be playing for the club again. I don't know what's your feelings towards that being. I don't think I ever want to see Greenwood play for United again. It was a very unfortunate and sad affair. But at the end of the day, there is bigger things than football. And I don't think a player like that should be playing for Manchester United because that's not what the badge represents in any way. And so, sure. um, but at this point, we... 
we're not in a position to say anything. You know, legally, we're not in a position to say anything. But yeah. I, I stand with what United and all the other brands have done. You know, they have all distanced themselves from the player at the moment. I guess it's just extremely unfortunate because he is a player that, I mean, every United fan used to brag about Greenwood because he just had such a bright bright future ahead of him and regardless of whether what the outcome of, of whatever happens with this trial his entire career is messed up now so I mean I know as a United fan regardless of what happens I would never want to see him in in a in a United shirt ever as as a woman as as a as a fan I just wouldn't it wouldn't sit, sit well with me you know the thing is I just feel like it's wasted talent because we know what he's capable of. We know the trajectory that that player has. Mm-hmm. Well, still has, but unfortunately, because of his actions off the pitch, it's definitely going to uh, ruin his career, as you say. And same same stance as you, B. I'm completely against everything Greenwood has done, allegedly, because mm-hmm. we don't know what the truth is. And, the, and justice will be served either way. It doesn't matter what we say. And it's really good to see the brands distances themselves from him and also to see Manchester United take him off the player roster to stand, you know, with women in this matter. So we just to like close the podcast off because we've been here for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking forward to the matches that are, that are coming up. Yeah. Look, um, our February uh, fixtures are not looking too bad. I don't want to talk about Southampton after the, they uh, won against, was it, yeah, it was a win against the City, right? Yeah. But look at our fair pictures. I'm not too nervous about them. They're winnable, right? But when you look at our team, that makes me nervous. You, Man United has not been consistent, right? We've been winning and then losing and then throwing. So I am very nervous about us making top four, quite honestly. I don't think. I'm going to be, and I know you are very uh, optimistic about Man United making top four, but I just realistically, Naldo, I don't think top four is a possibility at the moment. But the in, and that's only because of the inconsistencies. I'm very grateful that Arsenal didn't sign. And it's so sad that we're in that position where you've got to look at the downfall of other clubs for us to be making um, of why we can make top four. You know, we just got to hope that Arsenal and West Ham and Spurs especially, because, you know, Spurs is actually my biggest worry and concern at the mo- moment. You know, having Conte there and the fact that they strengthened their squad during this uh, transfer window was my biggest concern. And I really think that, um, and the fact that I think Spurs got three games in hand is, is yeah. my buddy. But um, if there's ever a, a team that knows how to bottle things, it's Spurs. So I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping that that will be the, the scenario going forward. And we know that the Premier League, one of the most exciting leagues in the world, is because it's just so unpredictable, you know. You, yeah. you need to watch, and you know, game, game by game, week by week, things just change. I mean, before the international break, I was... In fact, in December, I was, I was done. I was like, City is taking it, you know. But I mean, mm. after before the international break, I was like, oh my god, you know, yeah, Liverpool coming up, you know, that uh, City's dropping points, 
you know, the title race is just becoming more and more interesting. So, but in terms of United making top four, I, I just personally don't think it's going to happen with the inconsistency that's happening in the teams and the fact that we didn't strengthen our midfield. I think our February fixtures are not too bad. And charging from the game that I watched with Barnley, I think it was the Arsenal versus Barnley. Barnley plays defensively. Hopefully, we'll play attacking football. We're playing at Barnley, so we're away. Uh, I don't know, lately away at home is not even a thing with United anymore, but I think it's a game we can definitely win. It's the three points that we can. I'm going to be optimistic that we can win Southampton. I want to be optimistic about it as well and Brighton. And you know, I think Leeds was the, the, the game that sort of sold us in the beginning of the, of the mm-hmm. season. But um, yeah, I, I think the next couple of fixtures is not too, it's not too bad for us at all. You know, the thing is, you, you know, you look back at these managers and you think what a travesty it would be if Man United don't finish in the top three or top four. Mm. Because Jose Mourinho came out to say when he was still manager, finishing second at Manchester United was one of his greatest achievements. Mm. And he still delivered a trophy. Now, that says a lot. And then Oli comes along and he also finished second last season before he got the sack. And also, I would say that is Oli's greatest achievement because he finished third the season before and then Mm -hmm. last season he finished second. Now, fast forward a few months later and we're saying that we're not even going to finish in the top four. Mm. You know, what what scared me the most about us playing West Ham is how that was such a big game for United. I, I, I sat, I sat, and I thought to myself: playing City, playing Liverpool, playing Chelsea—that's that's big matches for United. Yeah, we are about to play West Ham, and my nerves are completely finished. This is a must-win for United. How is it that we are at this point of our? You know, how did we get here as a club? Where? Playing West Ham is potentially a scary thing for Manchester United. It's, it's insane, you know, but yeah, we are. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyways, B, let's close this off. Um, it's been awesome to chat to you. I can't wait for the next one already. Uh, guys, this is the Straight Fit End. Like I said earlier, it's a Soccer Prachi's podcast. It's the Straight Fit End. It's where we discuss all things Manchester United. And it's it's really, really cool. Like I said before, like, share, get your friends involved, give us your comments, give us your feedback because it's important for us. It will help us. And, you know, just give us your fans' perspective on different things. And we always are able to then highlight certain comments and bring them up in our podcast and get your opinions also on air. But, B, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. I don't know if you want to say anything to the fans before we sign out. Oh, no, I just want to firstly say thank you to you, Nelda. It's been so amazing chatting to you, speaking about the club. And no matter what goes on with Manchester United at the moment, it is the best club. And we've got the most amazing fans. I just think we need to be loyal, no matter what. Support our manager, no matter what. Support the players. And, yeah, I look forward to the next couple of matches. And, yeah, until next time. 
peace out everybody